1: Hello everyone, my name is Helen Freer and today I have the great pleasure of sitting here together with Diego Vergler, our Head of Investment Advisory at Julius Baer. And I'm going to be talking to Diego about the current market environment and some of the reasons why now is actually a good time to invest. Hi Diego, and thank you first of all for joining me today.
2: Hi, thank you very much for inviting me.
1: So, Diego, we have record inflation levels rising interest rates, ongoing fears of a recession, with lots of geopolitical tensions and a bit of political chaos thrown in. So all in all, it's not easy. And this is understandably frightening a lot of investors who are wondering about what they should be investing in now, if they're brave enough to actually invest at all. So I'd love to start, Diego, by just asking for your thoughts in general about the market environment that we find ourselves in.
2: I think that you can really easily define 2022 as the impossible year. And actually, uh, there is a well-known saying in Wall Street which says, don't fight the Fed. And uh, whoever has tried to fight the Fed this year basically has suffered a lot. And uh, actually, interest rates rising so aggressively has yielded into the worst first half in terms of performance on the equity side for the last 70 years. It was the worst on the fixed income side for the last 300 years. And this is the kind of environment we are today. Now the good news is that probably most of the interest rate hikes are already behind us. And uh, the second good news is that we don't have actually many or not even uh, any major uh, economic imbalance uh, in this kind of markets. And therefore, most probably the financial markets, they are not starting from now facing another crash.
1: And what about the recession fears? Are these warranted?
2: They are. And the good news is that everyone is already talking about them. And therefore, to a certain extent, one can say that partially they are already priced in into the financial markets. Now, Julius Ver sets a probability of a U.S. recession at around 35 to 45 percent, which again means that this is not our base case scenario. Uh, But if it will happen, most probably it will be just a mild recession and not a very severe one. And therefore, in my opinion, this speaks about starting at taking advantage of the 2022 correction in order to gradually reinvest into the financial markets.
1: Okay. And so these opportunities that you're talking about, then I think you're referring to equities. Is that right? Sure. And equities are our preferred asset class in this environment. Is that still the case?
2: Yes, because it's about inflation, and therefore, as an investor, you would like to protect your purchasing power. And the only way you can protect your purchasing power is that you have to compensate for inflation, at least. And uh, history tells you that you don't have um, any um, better inflation hedge uh, than equities into uh, the short-term, the mid-term, and even into the long-term. And then we don't have to forget that we are still trading in a secular bull market which is driven by technological and medical progress. And therefore, I would say that overall, longer term, the big picture is still fine. Now, it's about just what we want to get exposure to. It's not because we're still positive on the equity side that we would like to buy whatever. And I believe that it makes a lot of sense, at least for the coming few weeks and months, to focus on some defensive names here and there, but also on quality. And because we have inflation, to focus on companies that have a good pricing power.
1: And are we talking globally or just in certain regions?
2: I would say that from a portfolio construction perspective, it makes always sense to diversify uh, the exposure, so to invest globally. But the big winner of what's going on these days is really the US market. So the US market is really the market that we would like to continue to overweight. And then you can think about diversifiers. Within Europe, Switzerland is a market which is very interesting because of the quality of the companies, generally speaking, because of its defensiveness, again, we were talking about being a little bit more defensive before. You can think about Canada, which has a lot of financial stocks and energy exposures as well, uh, or Sweden in terms of diversifiers. And when it comes to Europe, probably makes sense to focus on the uh, big caps and not necessarily on the small caps, which will be more... Uh, prepared to face any kind of recession fears in Europe, because we know that in Europe, the probability of having a recession is much higher than the United States.
1: Okay, so you're saying the clear winner is the US, but there are some opportunities within Europe as well. And what about emerging markets? Our research analysts have a neutral rating on emerging market equities as a whole, but are there any sub-regions that you think could be particularly interesting?
2: Look, uh, I would say that as of today, the best emerging markets you can think of is really India. For one simple reason, India is most probably these days creating the next big companies, the next IT unicorns. You can, you can think about you know, the Tencent and Alibaba that have been created by China over the last few decades they will be created in India uh, going forward and therefore it makes sense to really uh, try to get exposure to this market. Um, More generally speaking, I would say that uh, getting an exposure to the emerging markets makes sense from a portfolio construction perspective, from a diversification perspective, it's not a must. So I would really remain very, very selective, having an exposure to India for the time being is more than enough.
1: Okay. And in terms of sectors, you've already mentioned um, a preference for a defensive tilt. What sort of sectors um, do you see as attractive here?
2: Uh, I'm convinced that the secular bull market has two very well defined drivers, uh, technological progress and medical progress. And therefore, for me, it makes really sense to make sure that we have an exposure to both sectors. Now, (laughs) if you had asked me the same question five years back, probably would have been enough just to get an exposure to IT because IT was the place to be. I am not so sure that going forward IT will be the only place to be. So it's important to have an exposure to IT companies, to healthcare companies, but probably it's also very important to remain open-minded because the jury is still out in terms of defining who will be the winner going forward of all this volatility that we are getting in 2022.
1: So diversification is key again.
2: From a sector perspective, even more important than from a geographical perspective. From a geographical perspective, you have a clear winner, which is the US market. From a sector perspective, it's not so clear yet.
1: We've talked about different regions and sectors then. What about thematic investing, where investors like to get exposure to one or more particular themes? Is there anything there that you would highlight at the moment?
2: I would say that one of the most obvious winners from a long-term and structural perspective is anything which is related to the energy transition. This is something that I guess would resonate with a lot of investors. We read and see everyday almost commitment by corporations and by governments in terms of being carbon neutral in the near to medium term. And therefore getting an exposure to this, so to this trend of going from fossil energy to renewable energy, in my personal opinion, makes a lot of sense. And here you can play this overall umbrella topic with different investment themes. Uh, You can focus on clean energy, uh, which is, in my opinion, self-explanatory, but also in, in, in future mobility, so making sure that we can also get exposure to another very attractive theme, which is trying to go in more and more uh, um, or depending more and more on electric vehicles and not uh, on, on, on fuel-based uh, uh, vehicles. Um, this is not the only topic that uh, I personally find interesting. Uh, we have also a couple of other ones, which again, for me, they do represent structural trends. One of them is for sure cybersecurity uh, for the simple reason that we are going more and more in terms of the economy, we're going to be based more and more on internet. Internet. Um, thanks to the 5G technology, you allow the Internet of Things. Internet of Things is not just about having your fridge connected to the Internet, but it's about a country depending on Internet, because you have the traffic lights which are connected to Internet, so the electric grids of a country is um, connected to Internet, and therefore, there are, I mean, you're just increasing the probability of having any kind of hacking or attack, and you need to protect yourself uh, from this. Now, from a timing perspective, we also realize and acknowledge that uh, the cybersecurity stocks, they tend still to be a little bit expensive at this stage. So maybe it's not a topic that we need to aggressively tackle as of today, but it thinks that, in my opinion, it's, it's something that we would like to keep in mind. And then, uh, there is a third topic that uh, I'm particularly keen on, on a personal note, which is um, anything related to pets. And when I say pets, I'm really referring to companion animal, Um, and I love this topic for the simple reason that you are not playing just one secular trend, but you are playing three secular trends at one. And I can tell you, Helen, it's already difficult enough today to find uh, any kind of investment themes that just writes one secular trend. So here we have three. The first one is that whether we like it or not into the Western world, um, from a society perspective, we are are having less and less children. uh, And we are in a way or in another compensating that by still having someone being with us. And this someone is uh, most of the time pets. So this is the first trend, which is not going to go away. The second trend is that, uh, from a demography perspective, we are getting older, and we know that older people, they tend again uh, to benefit from the company of uh, companion animals uh, like pets. And this is a trend which is structural. Why? Because we are just getting older, Uh, also thanks to the medical progress we were discussing before. And number three. Uh, When you bet bet on pets, you are also betting on the rise of emerging markets, uh, which is another structural trend. And into the emerging markets is a little bit of a social or a status symbol, you know, to to show uh, that you have a companion animal. And therefore, I find really, you know, super interesting to get exposure at once to these three structural trends, not even to mention that the topic uh, is interesting also because it's a very high margin kind of sector. You would do whatever in order to make sure that your dog or your cat is feeling well.
1: Great. Very interesting. Let's move on to fixed income now. I think we'd all agree it's been a tough year for both corporate bonds and government bonds. Where would you say we stand now, Diego?
2: Look, um, it was a nightmare 2022, as I said before. Uh, but as always, you have also the, the bright side of all this, which is starting from now, yields are interesting and attractive again. So when now in US dollars, you can get 4 to 5% to invest in 3 to 5 years uh, kind of uh, bonds. Uh, you have to compare to January 1st, where for the same kind of maturity, you had like 0.5%, 1%. So the yields today, they start to be appealing again. Um, and you can even afford to remain quite good quality in terms of uh, fixed income exposure. I'm referring maybe to low investment grades like triple B kind of bonds because those are bonds that are able to generate for you uh, good returns. Which again, with with kind of short to a certain extent maturity, three to five years, um, you can you can really try to fulfill nominal return expectations. Um, Now, from a portfolio construction, I think that we also should highlight that we can have some exposure to the high yield uh, segment as well on the bond side, probably focusing on the US market again there. And then again, we can still have always some emerging market exposure or some unconstrained strategy in order to make sure that we can have uh, a portfolio made of fixed income instrument, which is as flexible as possible. But let me highlight the last point today if you buy a bond, in real terms when you remove inflation you're still losing money. So this means that in a relative game we still prefer equities to bonds, but we acknowledge that bonds today is much more attractive than just nine months back.
1: You've presented quite a clear case here and given us some investment ideas to think about, but it's still not easy and you can understand a lot of investors being nervous. What would you say to those who are nervous and other certain things that investors really should be mindful of at the moment?
2: Look, uh, investors most of the time, they are nervous because they want to make money in the short term. And let me define short, term. most of the people, they would like to make money in two to three weeks. And for me, it's all about time horizon. And uh, at the end of the day, we need to acknowledge one thing. Um, Equities, or more generally speaking, the financial markets, they reward us for our patience. And we need to be patient here. And therefore, I would really avoid trying to time the bottom of the financial markets. It's very easy to say, it's very difficult to do in reality. Also because 100% of the time, the financial markets, they bottom with the news flow, which is horror. And therefore, most of the time, people, they are just scared. They don't want to invest anything because of what they read and see outside over there. And therefore, for me, the most appropriate approach is maybe to, again, have a longer term time horizon, which should be defined in years, uh, but at least one year. Um, and and have a gradual approach. Nobody tells you that you have, if you want to invest 100, that you have to buy 100 today. But maybe 40, you can start, and you have still 60 to deploy uh, over time, depending on the market developments. And then it's also about what you buy, and we have discussed about a couple of uh, investment topics that we can consider in our portfolio. In my opinion, as long as you have a portfolio which is well diversified. As long as you have a portfolio which is structured around well-defined investment themes, you can navigate any kind of short-term volatility. Remember, we said before, we are convinced we are still in a secular bull market. What does it mean? It means that we have at least, most probably, five years of good market ahead of us. And with the 2022 correction, I think that we are now trading close to uh, levels where not being invested into the financial markets starts to be riskier in terms of opportunity cost if the markets they do rebound, then just remain invested and maybe have an additional limited downside potential that you can uh, It can be like 5, 10 percent or something like this. And again, it's not a given because most probably the market at bottoming uh, these, uh, these days. So my key message here is don't try to time the market bottom, uh, but have a disciplined strategy, Um, which will be fruitful longer term.
1: And if you try and wait until you feel perfectly comfortable, then you're probably too late. You wait
2: forever. You you will never be perfectly comfortable. Let me give you an example. 2021, last year, the markets, they never did correct by 5% over the year. And uh, still, investors, they were cautious. Um, They were um, trying to time the market or time any kind of correction because they believe that the market has gone too far or they are too expensive. So even when the markets, they just go up, people, they tend still to be scared. And when the market, they go down, people, they are scared. And therefore, my my suggestion is forget about all this and just let's make sure that we have a disciplined approach. And once you have built a sound portfolio, as I said before, you can navigate any kind of volatility. Okay, so if
1: I were to try to sum up then, uh, you'd say that the correction this year has created a lot of opportunities for investors to either rebalance their portfolios or to invest if they aren't fully invested. And the key is to have a clear strategy and be disciplined about sticking to it, especially um, in uncertain times like like we have now. Would you agree with that, Diego? Anything else you'd like to highlight? I
2: totally agree. Uh, Maybe one, one last comment on my side. It's a trap. Don't overweight the latest headlines of the newspapers. Remember one thing. Journalists are paid to sell their news. And negative news, horror stories, they sell much better than good news. And therefore, we are constantly bombarded with a negative news flow. And this influences a little bit our state in mind, because we are not robots, we are human beings, we are are made of emotions. But we tend to have a constant negative bias because we are confronted with that every day. And this is a trap. The world is not ending tomorrow at the end of the day. We are just every day highlighting what's wrong. And, uh, and uh, my point is to say, it's like what we were discussing before about technological or medical progress. This is something that happens every single day, but nobody is talking about this because it's a gradual kind of movement. But everyone is discussing um, uh, the war, uh, inflation fears, and this kind of stuff. I'm not saying that we don't have to respect this kind of headlines, but I'm just saying that we don't have to overweight that. And again, this comes back for me to the, to the conclusion that being disciplined is probably the best way to make money over the long term.
1: Thank you very much, Diego, for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you, Alan. And with that, we conclude this edition of the Beyond Markets podcast. Thanks again to Diego for taking the time to speak to me today. And thank you all for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this conversation and that you will join us again soon. Bye for now.
0: You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Bear. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Bear, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. wwwjuliusbearcom forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information. Get ready for the day ahead. Moving Markets is a daily market news briefing from Julius Bear's leading experts. You'll hear all about the latest ups and downs across asset classes, the underlying drivers and our thoughts on where markets are heading. Search for moving markets on your favourite podcast player.